You're listening to the Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it. Hello and welcome to the Big Reviewski with Chicago Town Pizza. My name's Owen, there's Rory, and coming up on today's show, we have got cowboys, we have got Christmas controversies, and we have got kinky curses. That actually sounds pretty amazing. I would watch and listen to and also subscribe to that show. <laughs> uh, that's not all we have, though. We also have something very special just for you. It is, of course, free pizza. All you have to do to be in with the chance of winning some delicious Chicago Town goodies is head over to the Big Reviewski Twitter account and enter our competition there. But now that's enough about pizza because I want to hear about beef. And Roy, what beefy movie news story do you have for us beef fans this week? Marvellous segue, first of all. Like, round of applause. Uh, yeah, so this week, one of the big talking points on the internet was to do with the Fast and Furious saga because the behind the scenes drama is almost as Shakespearean and operatic as the on-screen uh, drama that you might expect from these particular films. So we'll go through it. We're gonna do a quick oral history of Vin Diesel versus The Rock. And so we've got two of the beefiest men in Hollywood having one of the beefiest beefs that's ever been beefed. It all kicked off around the release of Fast and Furious 8, which was actually released just over five years ago now. So this is a five-year beef. This is one of those, like, cured beef, you know? They do a thing <laughs> with the beef, and it's like, it's, it's, it's been aged, this beef. Um, uh, yeah, so The Rock put an Instagram post out that's basically calling out some of his male co-stars as being candy asses, and no one in particular was called out, but everyone was like, because is he talking, is he talking about <laughs> Vin Diesel? Because it seems like there's some issues there. Uh, and then just two months later, I think, when the movie was released, everyone was like, we watched Fast and Furious 8, and it looks like Vin and The Rock aren't on screen together for one moment, at all, even in scenes where they're standing beside each other and talking to each other, apparently that was all done with like green screen and special effects because they dislike each other that much. And The Rock put up another post, it's like, thanks Scott Eastwood, thanks Tyrese, thanks Ludacris, thanks Michelle Rodriguez, thanks da -da 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 -da. He thanked me, he thanked you, Owen, he thanked everyone we've ever met. The only person on the planet he did not thank was Vin Diesel. So everyone was like, oh, that's, listen, beef when we're staying out of it because, well, one, we love it and we can't wait to see what happens next. And two, what happened next was Hobbs and Shaw. So apparently everyone was super annoyed about that. None more so than Tyrese, who put up his own. I love that all the beef now is just all on social media. It's like social media beef. Uh, they're children. They're actually <laughs> children. Tyrese Gibson's social media posts were the act of a of a spoiled brat, basically. Yeah, like it's, you know, when someone you know, like a friend or a colleague, puts up a sub tweet, and you're like, "Ooh, what's that about?" But because these people are so famous, there's no mystery behind who they're talking about. So it's like my balls, muscly co-star from this 
driving film, but I'm not naming names, so don't you worry about it. Like, is it is it him? Uh, so yeah, so Tyrese put up one saying, uh, congratulations to The Rock for making the Fast and Furious franchise all about him, because uh, Hobbs and Shaw took the release date that was originally intended for Fast and Furious 9, which then, because of the pandemic, wasn't released until this year. So that was like two or three years it was pushed back and everyone was like, ah, The Rock, what are we going to do? I've got a question though, Owen. Why is everyone so annoyed at The Rock doing a spin-off, but no one is annoyed at Jason Statham doing that same spin-off? I don't know what the story is here because, um, like, I know we've got our own theories and people should go back and check out TBR Spotlight, our Fast and Furious deep dive into every single film where we forced our ex-friend at this stage, Gary Carl, mm. to watch all of the Fast and Furious movies when he hadn't seen one of them, he hadn't seen a Vin Diesel movie, and he hadn't seen a Rock movie. Um, so I don't know how he's feeling this week, reeling at all of this brand new news. But yeah, Jason Statham got off light, and The Rock seems to be uh, suffering the brunt of it. He can take it, though. He's a big man. He'll be fine. Yeah, he's like, it's a, yeah, yeah. Plus, he's got support, because <laughs> a few years later, Vin Diesel gave an interview to Men's Health magazine, I think, and was like, listen, I think me creating this beef actually helped The Rock give a better performance in the Fast and Furious interviews, and he described it as being Fellini-esque, which is just magnificent. It, it was like when he said he, he wasn't going to do Too Fast, Too Furious because it wasn't like The Godfather, which <laughs> I uh, loved it. But... This was in the middle of the Jungle Cruise uh, press junkets, like the world tour, uh, and Emily Blunt weighed in with that like precision, tactical, like surgical uh, sarcasm, where it was like, well, thank God Vin Diesel was there to help you with your acting, The Rock, because where would you be without him? Uh, yeah, so like that was the most recent one. That was this summer. And we were like, well, I guess that's that, because we know Fast 10 is being made. Actually, Fast 10 Part 1 and Part 2. And Hobbs and Shaw 2 was currently uh, in pre-production. We thought they were, those, those two roads would never converge again. Uh, but Vin Diesel, just this week, put up on Instagram a post of him and The Rock in, I think it's Fast 5. And it's like, hey, The Rock, my brother, it's time to get the family back together. And he did the ultimate guilt trip. He was like, I promised Paul Walker. I'd get you back in. And I was like, oh, The Rock can't say no now because he's 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 used he's Paul invoked, Walker. He's invoked the spirit of dead Paul Walker, unfortunately. Oh. And also Vin Diesel's kids. My kids call you Uncle Dwayne as well. So he's just hitting them uh, from every emotional angle for this one. It's like pack your bags because you're going on the ultimate guilt trip. Like it's just, it's beyond. I love it, but... Yeah, like at the time of recording, The Rock has not responded. Um, <laughs> probably, probably at this point, they're all like, why didn't we just make all those DMs and just say this <laughs> privately as opposed to making it so public? But, uh, you know, some people might think that this is just the world's greatest cinematic publicity stunts because getting The Rock and Vin Diesel back together for Fast 10 is definitely, like, I was going to go see Fast 10 anyway. There's not, there was no question about it. But knowing they're back together, potentially, like, baiting lumps off each other with hammers and concrete blocks and whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. You win. If 
if this has been a plan that they've you know they've had in the works like even secretly it is very fellini-esque to kind of drag <laughs> it out in the in this way so and that is a classic hallmark of vin diesel style mm-hmm. so that would be to be expected um yeah or else you just want to make a shitload of money it's basically like uh oasis and the gallagher brothers coming back together eventually at some point for one big reunion concert so as you said people will be going to see those films anyway if they do manage to convince uh, The Rock to come back, hopefully with a starring sarcastic performance from Emily Blunt as well, mm. uh, that would all be uh, incredible. And then we'll get back in touch with Gary, our friend, and see if he's up for doing an extra bonus episode of TBR Spotlight as well. So I'm glad that that beef looks like it's possibly coming to an end. Um, you made it sound very tasty, but I can assure you I want to take this opportunity now. I would never, ever do anything like that to you, Rory. Nothing will ever come between us. I can't make that promise. <laughs> Okie dokie. Uh, well, thanks for the movie news. Uh, now it's on to our big cinematic release of the week. And there's pretty much only one uh, to talk about this week. And I do have some breaking news of my own. <gasps> it's that Clint Eastwood is playing a cowboy in a brand new movie. It's called Cry Macho. Wow. This man is 91 years of age i'm barely even (laughs) a third of his age and i'm so tired in life and i don't know why he's still making so many movies like every other year but fair play to him um cry macho it's based on a book from decades ago just like clint eastwood is from decades ago as well but he was due to play this character way back in 1988 but opted to make a Dirty Harry movie, a different Dirty Harry movie instead. So he's eventually come back round uh, to this Western tale. Basically, it tells the tale of an ex-rodeo champion, played by Eastwood, who is sent to Mexico to bring a boy back to his father. So you've got road trips in there, you've got a rescue mission, uh, redemption, and there's a really rowdy rooster who makes this cameo appearance in the trailer. His name is Macho. Like me. Very strong rooster. Whatever. What's wrong with that? Nothing. Guy wants to name his cock Macho. (laughs) It's okay by me. The film has been out in the States and available on HBO Max for a few weeks now. It's not getting fantastic reviews, but you know your dad is going to love a brand new Clint Eastwood movie. And to be fair, even a mediocre Eastwood movie is better than a lot of other movies anyway. So Cry Macho out in cinemas this week. It's now time for our favourite trailer of the week. And Rory, I don't know if it's just, you know, because it's the spirit of giving and goodwill, but I'm allowed to pick this week's trailer. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, like I... <laughs> I mean, you, you, you started this section with our favourite trailer of the week, uh, and that's, I feel, inaccurate. Uh, it's a trailer that came out this week, um, and we both had a different visceral response to it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. I felt bad because we shot down um, Mariah Carey last week and we both love uh, that lady very, very much. Mm -hmm. But it is kind of the time that we're getting into all the Christmas trailers, all the Christmas movies, pretty much Christmas everything. And this particular trailer, which is for a brand new Netflix film called 
a castle for Christmas, already an amazing title. Um, it feels like it's taken like a, a sprinkling of Hallmark uh, holiday season dust, uh, a big lump of Wild Mountain Time, mm. and mixed it all in together with really dodgy Scottish accents uh, and created this, this, this work of art, basically. So what we have here is Brooke Shields is playing uh, a best-selling author who's caught up in a scandal in New York. And in order to get away from it all, she decides to move to Scotland for the holiday season. And while she's there, she's like, do you know what, feck it, I'm going to buy a castle that my granddad used to go to. So already loving uh, the storyline. But what she wasn't counting on is the very, very grumpy and also very, very handsome Duke of the Castle, played by non-Scottish person doing a Scottish accent, Mr. Carrie Elwes, who, of course, most people will know uh, as our hero, Wesley, uh, from The Princess Bride. So the two of them are completely at odds. Uh, he makes it his mission to basically stop her from buying this castle. And I don't know what way this is going to go. I definitely don't think they're going to fall in love by the end of it. And everyone's going to live like kind of happily ever after. So it definitely feels like this is incredibly predictable, incredibly cheesy. But I know that this isn't going to stop anybody, including myself and possibly you too, Rory, from watching it when it's released on Netflix on the 26th of November. Will, will you be sitting down uh, in your Christmas elf like PJs and stuff to watch this one? You know what? I uh, I had no intention of watching it whatsoever because the trailer, I felt like I'd seen the whole film from the trailer. Uh, as you mentioned, the accents are terrible. The jokes, the jokes are quite bad. Um, there's a literal scene where she she trips and falls and he catches her and it's like oh my god so oh, my my word this handsome man has caught me from falling uh so all of that i hated but there was one piece of information that did win me over and it's the fact that this movie is directed i was like i recognize that name where do i know that name from and it turns out this director is most famous for having directed mid 80s Stephen King horror classic Pet Cemetery. So I hope she brings some of that energy to this uh, festive rom-com. Amazing. This just took a, a much darker turn. So I'm really, <laughs> really looking forward uh, to seeing this now. So this is A Castle for Christmas, a very quick sneak peek. He became a writer because of Grandpa. He used to sit and listen to his stories about the castle in Scotland. Haven't you always wanted to go see it? Yeah. Enjoy the castle? Yes. It was magical. Well, that's up for sale. What's on the box? It's time for our small screen releases. And I know we only had one cinematic release this week, but there is loads of new stuff uh, to watch at home this week. Starting off with the first of our two big special guests on this week's show. Who do we have, Rory? Yeah, up first, you will be hearing from none other than Angelina Jolie talking about her role in Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is an action thriller that came out earlier this year but is now available to watch on now from this weekend uh it is an a tense film from the guy who he wrote sicario and he directed wind river and he's a he's he's kind of got a, a niche he did like uh, hell or high water he's got a niche of like very tense adult action thrillers 
and she is a uh, forest firefighter who helps a young boy go on the run from two assassins because he witnessed a very violent crime and the assassins chase after them and in the process start burning down the forest as a way to like cover their tracks I guess um it's I really enjoyed this. I think I didn't get to see it in the cinema, unfortunately, but I am excited about seeing it again on a kind of a big enough telly and just sitting close enough to the screen that it's like I'm in a cinema. Um, so yeah, you'll hear Angelia Jolie now talking about something very specific, something that doesn't happen to a lot of uh, performers in movies, a very specific thing she needed to reenact, and that is being struck by lightning? Oh, it was, yeah, it's a very good question. <laughs> because there's nobody you can really talk to. I think I asked Eliza, do I scream and then fall? Do I just stop dead? Do I just, how do I know? It felt, it actually honestly felt kind of silly. I didn't know what I was doing. I think I did probably 10 takes that I looked really ridiculous. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's it was it was this movie we've been through so much. I think, like Medina says, we were so exhausted, and it was just like, what else? Today I get struck by lightning. Tomorrow I get shot at. The next day I'm in a river. The next day I'm being repelled. Like, ah, it's good. The amazing Angelina Jolie there speaking to the amazing Rory Cashin. Mm -hmm. Now our next release is on Netflix. It's Red Notice and there's absolutely no way a film starring The Rock, Gal Gadot and Ryan Reynolds that kind of covers heists, globetrotting, mystery, action thriller. There's no way that's not going to be amazing. Isn't that right, Rory? I don't know. Um, you've kind of, you backed me to a corner here, Owen. Uh, it's not great. It, it really isn't. It's <clears throat> it's like someone's seen Mission Impossible and someone else seen the Thomas Crown Affair and they both were like, we should write a script together. And then halfway through the writing process, they got into a huge fight and they weren't talking to each other anymore. So it's a bit of both of them, but it's also a big fat mess. It's, it's, uh, it's very easy to just kind of watch because... It's beautiful people in beautiful locations and it's like, it's all very upbeat and up-tempo and blah, 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 blah. But it's just, it's not, it's not as, it's not a fraction of as smart or as funny as it thinks it is. And for a film that costs $200 million to produce, it just doesn't have any, you're, you keep waiting for like the action sequence where you're like, ah, that's, that's where the money went. But that, that scene never arrives either, so. Yeah, it's it's a two star film, and I mean that kind of as as a as a recommendation. It's one of the best two star films you'll see all year. Nolan Booth, the second most wanted art thief in the world. Special Agent John Hartley, FBI. Does Vin Diesel? turn up at any surprise point to shout the word family he, at the rock and to encourage him to come home he doesn't but there is a vin there's actually a specific vin diesel reference in red notice uh that i'm not going to spoil but it's it was it's funny okay it's amazing it's worth watching just for that uh mm. alone our next big release is all to do with disney plus and you may have seen disney are making a load of announcements uh around their disney plus day which i think they've just announced as a brand new 
holiday for everyone around the world and that's absolutely fine because i love disney and uh so some of the highlights from that is jungle cruise again starring the rock uh coming to disney plus we also have shang chi one of marvel's latest films enchanted the amazing amy adams uh kind of piss take of princess movies uh is coming to disney plus as well but the one that's caused the most controversy so far you may have seen the trailer a couple of weeks ago is home sweet home alone great title but a lot of people not too fussed in the fact that it seems that they've just remade obviously the perfect 90s classic uh home alone so obviously we want to give every film the best possible opportunity you haven't seen it so give it a chance especially when it stars people like uh amazing ashley b you've got rob delaney ellie kemper this film is actually directed by the guy who works with sasha baron cohen on a load of different projects including the borat films as well so there's funny people uh involved in this but in terms of the home alone universe or shared cinematic universe obviously we've had home alone and home alone 2 in the big city uh home alone 3 which i think involved like north korean terrorists so slightly darker turn in that one home alone 4 where he had to defeat his mommy and daddy's divorce or something like that it's been a while since i've seen it (laughs) no number five which i think had a spooky element so this one just appears to be not necessarily a shot for shot remake of uh the 1990 movie but it's it's hard to see how they're differentiating uh, between it and that. So obviously we'll give it a chance, but I know there's been a lot of backlash uh, to seeing uh, this one being released. But listen, best luck to Ashley and B. And we'll be checking out Home Sweet Home Alone whenever uh, it is released. Twas the night before Christmas vacation. Ooh, and the fun was in full swing. You have split our family onto two separate flights. Mom! Max, please! The family left for their big vacation. Is that everyone? The cars are leaving now! But forgot one little thing. Mom? Dad? Uncle Blake? They don't even know I'm here. They don't even know I'm here. Yeah, like the HMU. Uh, you've got home alone fatigue from the HMU. I didn't think we'd <laughs> yeah, see the, the day, HMU, but here yeah. we are. <laughs> exactly. Um, so apart from all those millions of Disney shows and movies as well, what else do we have? Well, it's another Disney Plus release. It's Dope Sick. Um, we interviewed the show's creator, Danny Strong, who was previously behind The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1 and 2, and uh, the hit show called Empire. And we also interviewed uh, the show, one of the show's many stars, Caitlin Deaver, who people will know and love from Booksmart. And it's to do with the opioid crisis that kind of had a stranglehold in America uh, I guess you could say still to this day. Um, and it takes a... Do you remember the Steven Soderbergh movie, Traffic, that had the drug empire from pretty much every angle possible? It's not too dissimilar from that. So we get like we get the doctor's point of view, and the doctor's played by Michael Keaton. We get a patient's point of view, and that's Caitlin Deaver. We get the investigators, and that's Rosario Dawson and uh, Peter Sarsgaard. And we get the company who created it, and that's Michael Stuhlberg, who's this fantastic character actor. Uh, so the cast is like, it's a heavy deck and everyone in this is really, really good. And it's got Barry Levinson, who previously directed like Good Morning Vietnam and Rain Man, uh, executive producing and directing some of the episodes. So it's got this huge heavyweight caliber behind it. It's quite good. Now, to be fair, I've only seen the first three episodes, so it could 
be brilliant or it could, you know, taper off. But from what I've seen so far, it's quite good. It is a heavy watch because obviously the, the topic it's tackling. Um, but it is almost worth watching just for the performances and to get like an interesting insight into uh, a story that I think everyone was kind of mildly aware of. But to get it from every level of of approaching it is is unique and interesting. I know most people don't think about us up there in the mountains. Many of my patients are miners. It's dangerous work, and they carry the burden of building this nation on their backs. They're in pain. These people, my people, trusted me. I can't believe how many of them are dead now. So Dope Sick uh, coming to Disney Plus this week. And last but not least, Rory, I know you're very excited about this. It is, of course, Curse of the Chippendales, because you love curses. Oh, nice swerve. I appreciate that. Yeah, um, it is a documentary series looking into the kind of all-male stripper group um, that were huge in the 90s, I think, 80s and 90s, uh, and how they burst into popularity thanks to like all girls nights and stuff in, in clubs and like they're kind of untapped resource of all ladies nights uh but it wasn't long before uh, anything that's that popular starts to go a bit sour so we get glimpses from the trailer anyway of gangster involvement and extortion and assassination plots and blah blah blah, blah. so lots to uh dive into and I guess, like, maybe if you're interested, I, uh, like, I, I can't imagine it'll be Hustlers level good, but, or even Magic Mike level good, but uh, it's a different, it's, a, it, you know, of all the things that you think, how bad can it be, you wouldn't think the Chippendales would be the, the story of, like, this Tiger King-esque documentary series into how corrupt, how corrupt can you be if you're not wearing any clothes? You would think it doesn't, but here we are. I mean, I don't know. Well, as true crime documentaries go, uh, obviously there are loads of these released uh, on Amazon, on Netflix, and people are absolutely obsessed with them. So this definitely feels like it's going to be one of the sexiest of them all. I might just mm. sit down and watch this wearing only a bow tie, a massive, yep, bow tie. Yep, that's the one. What a horrific image. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Women all over the world love Chippendales. It's just perfect. But then all that changed. Hello? Near the ambulance service. Ambulance has been shot in my office. What's the name of your place? Uh, this is Chippendales. Oh, wow. Wait, wait what? It's often been said that Rory and myself are the Chippendales of the movie review world, as we are just here purely for your entertainment and Rory oh. what <laughs> I thought That's it was you enough. were implying uh the OnlyFans account where we review films in the nude that's a whole other thing yeah <laughs> check out our social media for that everybody mm. um so it's time for pizza in a movie when we give our individual recommendations you can't watch them as a double bill but obviously we each prefer you to choose our one uh whenever you're sitting down this weekend to watch a movie with your chicago town pizza last week i went for hustlers rory you went for face off mm. and i thought i thought this was going to be tighter but face off nick cage and john travolta teamed up 
uh, and per JLo, um, they got 64% of the vote to JLo's per 36%. But I do want to take this opportunity to thank you, Roy, for voting for my one anyway. I did. I actually did vote for, for us losing yeah. the, Like, yeah. I felt betrayed. I felt yeah, I, I, I almost know. I almost felt betrayed by Jennifer for allowing you to pick her film. I don't know how that works, but here we are. You leave her out of this. Mm. I will take the blame solely uh, for this one. I do think it's going to be a lot tighter this week, but what have you chosen for your pizza and a movie recommendation? Uh, actually, it was already mentioned in the show. Can you believe it? It's to celebrate Disney Plus Day. It's Enchanted. Um, oh, amazing. It might be, it might be my favourite live-action Disney film, maybe of all time. I think it's so funny. I think the songs in there are incredible. I think Amy Adams should have won Best Actress. Uh, I, I, what's his name? James Marsden as the prince is just incredible. Susan Sarandon's iconic as that dragon queen weird lady. Uh, I just I think it's fantastic. I never bore of watching Enchanted. I think it's incredible. There has never been anything like Enchanted. <laughs> Thank you. Because no other story has ever taken you. <laughs> To a land as strange and terrifying as ours. Oh, this is maybe how you felt last week because I'm like, I want to pick Enchanted as well. James Marsden plays the perfect kind of beautiful idiot in that film. Mm. He is absolutely uh, hilarious. But no, that's a that's an amazing shout. Um, the film I've gone for is it's just been added uh, to Now and Sky. Uh, it was released back in 1998, and it's genuinely one of the greatest films ever made. It's one of my personal favorites. And in fact, um, the directors of that film, the Coen brothers, uh, were so enamored with our show, The Big Reviewski, that they named this film after it. Uh, it is, of course, uh, The Big Lebowski, starring just the peerless uh, Jeff Bridges. And if you don't like that film... Well, you know, that's just like... Uh... Your opinion, man. Thanks for that, dude. That's a wrap on this week's episode. And coming up on next week's show, we have the eternally youthful Paul Rudd, which I'm very, very excited about. But before that, Rory, who do we have for our big star bye-bye? Uh, yeah, the big star bye-bye this week is from Dublin's own Barry Keoghan. Um, he, last week, was one of the stars of Disney's and Marvel's new superhero epic, Eternals. You can watch the full interview up on Joe's YouTube channel right now. But in this clip, you'll hear him talk about just getting that call from... I wonder if it's his agent or I wonder if, like, Kevin Feige himself would ring and be like, guess what? You're you're in the huge new Marvel film with Angelina Jolie and Salma Hayek and Richard Madden and Kit Harrington, blah, blah. Oh, you got the, you got the part over Keanu Reeves, by the way. So yeah, like his reaction to getting that call because no matter how famous you are, you still must get excited when you get like specific job offers. So this is how he reacted. You know, I was, I, I still couldn't get my head around it, you know, but, but for me, you know, to be working for Marvel, it's, it's, it's really, it's so nice and, and 
you know, being a massive fan of Marvel growing up and, and that. But for me, it's Chloe Zhao as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Seeing the writer and, and, and that, I was like, just, <laughs> I just want to work with that woman. I really do. And I, you know, if, if I was told that, you know, it's, uh, that's the only director you're going to work with for the rest of your life, I would be happy. You're listening to The Big Reviewski on Joe with Chicago Town. Pizza? Yeah, we go to town on it.